0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes a lyric can get into you and lodge itself in your mind, and you just can't shake it. And this is what happened to me this week with Ghost Ship's song, Son of David. Now, normally I choose songs that are currently playing on the radio to use as inspiration on the podcast. And I'm gonna break my own guideline this week because when we sang this song recently at church, I couldn't shake the story or the song. And I hope you'll check out the song on YouTube at least. I always post a video, by the way, of the song on my show notes each week. And this week's show notes can be found at com forward slash 139. This way, if you're not familiar with the song, you can still listen to it all the way through before investing in it for your own playlist. So let's listen to that lyric that I couldn't shake and see where it leads us in scripture, shall we? The blind won't gain their sight By opening their eyes A king is coming To this city And crowds around Are following If I could see I would follow the blind won't gain their sight By opening their eyes That is a profound statement right there I want to come back to it as we get to Scripture But there are many stories of the blind in Scripture So how did I narrow it down? Well, the chorus makes it super clear where to head Son of David Have mercy on me Son of David Son of David, I want to see Son of David, have mercy. So which blind man in scripture called out to Jesus, calling him Son of David and saying, have mercy on me? Well, Mark tells us his name is Bartimaeus, and we can read about him in Mark chapter 10. Now, the whole encounter is told in a few verses, so I'm going to go ahead and read them to you right now. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, And came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him along the way. All right, now that we've read the story, I want to introduce our bites for the week. Now, B I T E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises are the exercises that I use personally week after week by my you know for myself in my own study to interact with God's word. And I find if I try new things then I don't get stuck in this study rut and it keeps Bible study exciting and therefore keeps me on a path that can lead to transformation. And I read this great quote this week by Lisa Turkhurst and she says, "Inspiration and information without personal application Will never amount to transformation. Let me say that one more time. Inspiration and information. So that's us reading the God's word. That might be you listening to the words of my podcast, maybe getting inspired, maybe getting inspired by the songs we're listening to. So inspiration and information without personal application will never amount to transformation. So that's been pretty incredible for me. I've I am very focused in my assignment. From God to inspire people to read the Bible for themselves. Okay. And I fully trust that the Holy Spirit can do the rest, but there is a rest to be done, meaning there's sometimes I offer up just in for inspiration and information, you know, as I see it through my own study. And I realize that some of my podcasts are light on personal application, but that should not diminish the need to personally apply what you are learning to study so that it can lead to transformation. This is not a box to be checked, but a lifestyle that can lead to transformation only if we are willing to be challenged and apply the truths that we're learning to uncover through our Bible study. And I've said all of that to say, I love that you love the Bites, the Bible Interaction Tool exercises. And I know you love them because you write to me and you tell me that you love them. And reading our Bible, which is my whole goal for you, is our first step toward transformation. But the reading is not the goal, right? Communion with God and life transformation is the goal. So, let's jump into the bites I used this week. First, I used the Bible interaction tool exercise of listening to scripture. So, I knew I wanted to read the story of Bartimaeus and that that story is told in Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. And I had some time in the car early in the week, so I turned off the radio, <gasps> I know, you can do that too. And I used my YouVersion app to listen to Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. And for today's episode, I'm just going to use the Mark chapter 10 version of this story. And so I listened to it again, which by the way is another bite. Repetition Repetition is a Bible interaction tool exercise that you can do. Again, there's just a few short verses, so you can read it several times. Now, by reading and rereading, or in this case, listening to the story several times, it can embed the story fully in your mind before you start to take it apart piece by piece. Now, another bite that I always use, um, <clears throat> this, this interaction tool came came naturally this time, and that is to read in context. Especially in the Gospels, you may discover some great. Nuggets as you consider what happened right before or right after the section that you're reading. So our story happens in verse 46, but when I listened to the whole chapter, I heard quite a bit about what was happening leading up to this story. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but you can easily make it your practice to read in context by reading the sections before, um, or the section that you're reading, or even the chapter before and the chapter after what the focus area of scripture that you are reading. Now, the final two bites that I want to discuss today are the practice of slowing down and the practice of asking questions. And so you can kind of see that they kind of go hand in hand because when you, if you read and keep on reading, sometimes I encourage you to do that. That's one Bible interaction tool exercise that sometimes I ask you to do. You get the big picture, which is great, but you sometimes miss the details that may have some significance. This is why you need to practice a variety of approaches to scripture. And add to that, you know, the fact that God's word is living and active, such that you never come to the end of your understanding of it. So, the Bible is definitely not one of those books where you said, "Well, I read that once." You know, it's living and active and it's going to be able to advise you and and God will reveal new things every time you read it. So, once I listened to the scripture a few times and really started to consider the elements of the story, And then I did have to go back and read it, by the way, in text, right? So I listened to it a couple of times and then I went back and pulled out my physical Bible and read it to take these next steps. And these are the questions that I began to ask and kind of the individual elements of the story that I began to consider as I slowed down. Let me just list them for you right now, and then we're going to unpack them one by one uh, because that's how I recommend that you do it. You could take a section of scripture, make your list of questions and thoughts one day, and then take the next few days to research and read and come to some conclusions regarding your understanding of the story. And then after uncovering the ways of God, consider what the application might be to your life. What transforming may need to occur in your own behavior or attitude so here's my list uh, you may hear it and then come up with even more but I asked these questions what is the context of this story what is the significance of the city? how did Mark know Bartimaeus's name? what is significant um, about the name that Bartimaeus chose to call out to Jesus uh, even though Bar- Bartimaeus was rebuked by others he still called out, to Jesus Jesus stopped and called him to himself. And then the, the very people who were rebuking him encouraged him instead of rebuking him. Uh, I listed throwing off his cloak. And I put, I heard a sermon once about this. <laughs> um, the question we must all answer. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And by the way, because I, I listened in context, we're going to get to this in a minute. But there are actually two, what do you want me to do for you's in Mark chapter 10. Uh, the answer that we must all give, which is restore my sight. What did Jesus say then? What happened after that? And what was Bart's response? Okay, so th- that's those are my questions. And if you want to see a listing of those questions, I put them in this week's show notes. Again, com forward slash 138. Now, and if you're a subscriber to my website, then you already have those questions in your email, in the email I sent out this morning, on Monday morning, whatever, whenever you're listening to it, it came on the Monday morning. Okay, so you see that I've mixed in questions and observations, right? So it's not just a list of questions. That's okay. You know, no one's going to come behind you to grade the quality of your questions. (laughs) The Bible Interaction Tool exercises I give you aren't rules, they're tools. And so I really want you to focus on the desired result over the way that you handle the tool. So let's start at the beginning. What is the context of this story? Well, because I listened in context, I listened to the whole chapter, I discovered a few things because our story starts in verse 46. But in verse 32, we discover that Jesus and his disciples are on the road to Jerusalem and Jesus tells them what's going to happen to him there. This is the big trip to Jerusalem. This is the final one, the one where he will give himself as the ultimate sacrifice for all sin. And so this is. Uh, Along that journey, that path. And Bartimaeus was at the gate of Jericho. So one of the questions I asked was, what's the significance of the city that they were in? Well, Luke's version actually tells us that it's in Jericho where Jesus meets with Zacchaeus. So there's another interesting story that goes along right there. But again, Jericho is on the way to Jerusalem, which was Christ's final destination for his calling here on earth. And we, of course, are not God. So we don't always know what we're gearing up for. You know, we don't know that we re- we don't know beforehand sometimes that we're entering into a season change. But Jesus did. And I noted this week that I was as I was reading about this, that he was not so focused on what was about to happen that he missed the opportunity to touch lives of individuals along the way. And, and I want to be like that. I don't want to be so focused on my end goal that I bowl over or walk by or miss an opportunity to really minister to an individual along the way. And so then I asked, how did Mark know Bart's name? I call him Bart, Bartimaeus. Well, because we read the whole story, uh, we've read it. I read it to you just a minute ago. We know that once he was healed, Bartimaeus followed Jesus. And so he followed his disciples and the followers along the way. And I think it's pretty safe to say that they had a chance to chat about his story and his healing, and thus Mark would have known his name. So for us, it's not just some blind guy. He is known as Blind Bartimaeus, whom Jesus healed. But he was a person and who had a story and a name. And I, I think that's interesting. Sometimes in, in these stories, we don't necessarily know the name of, of the people. But in this case, we did in Mark considered it important to put his name in there, which I found interesting. So um, Bar- Bartimaeus chose to call out to Jesus when he heard he was coming. And scripture said says this, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So, Jesus, by the way, was a common name in those days. So, Mark makes it clear that when Bartimaeus was told it was Jesus of Nazareth, that he, that he was dealing with the Jesus, okay, the one who was known to heal other blind people. But Bartimaeus didn't just say, Oh, yoohoo, Jesus, over here. He cried out, Jesus, son of David. So, our song says in the lyrics, a king is coming to this city and crowds surround are following if i could see i would follow too so any son of david would be in the royal lineage of 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 David but primarily the son of David the title son of David is more than a statement of physical genealogy it's a messianic title meaning he's gonna be he is the Messiah he is the promised one he is the one that they had been waiting for so when people referred to Jesus as the son of David they meant that he was the long-awaited deliverer the fulfillment of all of these Old Testament prophecies So when Bart called out to the son of David, just with that title, he was acknowledging his faith in the authority of Christ. And then I made note that even though Bart was rebuked by others, he still called out. You know, I have a uh, middle school daughter that will do or not do something that she really wants to do based on the feedback of her peers around her. (laughs) It's the curse of middle school, I suppose. However, how often do we walk in that curse as well? How often do we shrink back at the rebuke of others when God's healing may just be a sincere cry away? Bart gives us a tremendous example in his persistence to make his request known. It is consistent with other teachings of Christ that God will reward that kind of persistence. So forget about those fickle rebukers. You cry out to the one who has the authority to make a difference in your situation. Cry out to the son of David for mercy. He willingly gives it. So why do I call them fickle rebukers? Well, because in the next moment, when Jesus stops and then calls Bartimaeus to himself, they encourage him. Come on, he's calling you. Isn't that funny? They don't turn to Jesus and say, oh, you don't want to mess around with old blind Bartimaeus. They're like, Bart, he really stopped for you. Oh, my goodness. You know, What if he would have listened to their rebuke and not persistently and loudly and somewhat obnoxiously made his need known? Stuff to really, really think about as you consider this story. Then scripture says that Bart threw off his cloak and jumped up to go run to him. I'd heard a sermon on this once, and so I did a little digging to confirm, but folks with afflictions back in the day were to wear clothing that would identify them by their affliction, and this cloak that they would wear would also give them the right to beg at the gates because they could not earn money through labor, so blind Bartimaeus Wore a cloak that identified him as a blind man. And so you were to wear a different kind of cloak if you suffered from leprosy, and another kind if you suffered from other kinds of afflictions. So your cloak became your identity. Your affliction became your identity. How many of us walk around with a cloak of shame of our affliction? And it has become. Our identity, I say to you right now, friend, Jesus is walking by. The King is coming to you. Cry out to the Son of David who can become your new identity. Throw off that cloak and receive his healing and follow him. That could be a podcast just in and of itself. So then comes Jesus' question to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Now, because I read in context this week, I mentioned a minute ago, I discovered that this is the second, what do you want me to do for you question in Mark chapter 10. Earlier in the chapter, James and John, two disciples, two of the 12 disciples, come up to Jesus and said this, and I'm not even kidding. They say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, To which Jesus replies this. What do you want me to do for you? So then they go on to ask for prime seating in his coming kingdom. So one wants to be on his right hand and one wants to be on his left hand. You see, they got caught up in being close to the king, the future king. And they thought they might be exalted advisors to the king. So I just find it so interesting that both Bartimaeus and James and John recognized Christ as king, right? Both made personal requests and Jesus asked both of them what they wanted. They both cried out to him, but it was their answer that revealed their heart. One was a cry for mercy and one was a request for advancement, One came from a place of humility and recognition of Christ's authority, and the other came from a very selfish place, not fully understanding what kind of kingdom Jesus was about to usher in. I want to answer like Bartimaeus. When I cry out to Jesus, acknowledging his authority over everything, I want to ask for sight, not promotion. Restore my sight, Lord, when my eyes are clouded over with hurt and anger and rejection. I can't see to follow you because of my blindness, and just opening my eyes doesn't cut it. I need you to restore my sight. Let me see things the way you see them so I can join you in the direction you are going. And what was Jesus' response to his request? Go your way. Your faith has made you well. What was his response to James and John? Well, basically, you don't get it. You're blinded by your selfishness. I can't determine who will sit on my right and left anyway. That's God's to grant. And my kingdom doesn't work like that anyway. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the slave of all. So it's our faith that makes us well, not our bold requests. And then Bart followed Jesus. You know, he didn't know what he was walking into. He didn't realize that he would experience the highs and lows that that coming week would bring. The Messiah that healed him was about to give himself in such a way that the mercy that was individually bestowed upon Bartimaeus would now become available to all of us if we would just cry out. I encourage you, friend, if you have never cried out for salvation from the Lord, there is no magic prayer. Just cry out, accepting his authority as Messiah and Savior with faith. And turn and follow him. And following him just means you're willing to be in his word and then willing to apply it in your own life. It's a lifelong journey, but so worth it. So what's next? Well, read Mark chapter 10 this week. Perhaps... You can start by listening to an audio version like I did. You know, Read it several times and then slow down and list questions and observations that you can use to continue to study throughout the week. And use this song to consider this story with fresh perspective. It's a really powerful song. So while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michelleknizette.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Now before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Maggie from Virginia, Gwen from Arkansas, Shirley from Texas, Laura from Missouri, Marianne from Michigan, Leslie from California, Abby from Alaska, and Elizabeth from North Carolina. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly Memoryverse resource to to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. And you get an email recap of the week's episode. And you'll get instant access to any of the resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes or Stitcher Radio for those of you with Android devices. And while you're there, would you leave me a written review and a star rating? This really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast, just like Cheryl, who is a Navy wife, Thank you for your service as a wife and thank your husband for his service to our country. And she says, Michelle Nizat rocks. She says that she doesn't necessarily listen to the most recent podcast, but she goes back and listens to her favorites. And she says, all are really good and give you insight into the music as well as great Bible study tools. And then Joyful Jeannie says, she looks forward to the weekly podcast with great anticipation as to how the Lord will use it in her life. She's really been contemplating last week's episode 138 about the breath of God, and we'll be breathing deep this week in His Word. Thanks, ladies. I'm so excited for both of you, and your kind reviews mean so much to me. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 139. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.